TII Item 198, November 10th, 2011. Adobe admits Steve Jobs was right. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for the music you're hearing in the background. He wrote, Hi, Rob. I created this song with the new version of GarageVan with my iPod Touch. I use the normal keyboard, normal drums, smart bass, and sampler. Regards, Ben. Thanks, Ben, for the music. And folks, I will do my best to remember to put the full song unedited at the end of today's episode. So please check it out at the end of the show. I also want to thank Blue for sending in the artwork for today's episode. Blue wrote, Hi Rob. Figured I would give a go at the episode art. This piece was done in brushes and type drawing. Regards, Blue. Well, Blue, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Blue's artwork in the TII app in the extra section for episode 198. Or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and I'll try to get it up on the Google Plus and Facebook page as well. If you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. We just mentioned the TII app, so I want to mention that the TII app has a new upgrade. If you haven't upgraded already, please do so. It is a free upgrade. If you haven't purchased the TII app, you can do so by going into iTunes and searching for TII. It's $2.99 in the App Store. The latest upgrade adds the ability for me to put out blog posts right into the app. So now I can do both the podcast episodes and blog posts, and I'll be doing that from time to time. Of course, most premium blog posts you'll find in the VIP section, but from time to time I'll make some of those available, especially some breaking news items in the TII app. So again, that is the new feature. Search for TII in the App Store, $2.99. If you haven't supported the show, please do so. And what that also gets you, for those that are not familiar with the TII app, it also gets you push notifications, which I send out a push each time I update the show whenever I put a new episode out. And I'll also be sending out pushes as I put out new blog posts. One other thing I should mention early on, Ben, who created the music for today's show, mentioned that he did that with the new version of GarageBand, and he used his iPod Touch to create that. So that's correct. There is a new version of GarageBand out that now allows you to use it on your iPod Touch, your iPhone, and your iPad before it was just your iPad. So if you were interested in using GarageBand and you didn't have an iPad and you did have an iPhone or iPod Touch, you can now use GarageBand. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, The iPad may still be the lone leader, but with 100-plus competitors on the way, it won't likely keep its majority market share unless the pending next-generation iPad really addresses all the complaints about the current version, like a missing camera and a lack of a USB port 
and the company has to add those features without a major price increase, a tall order to be sure. Unquote. James Brumley, Investopedia, 13th of January, 2011. Hey James, well it looks like the iPad 2 was just what the consumer wanted, and it does not look like the lack of a USB port hurt Apple at all. And I want to add one more how wrong were they, quote, quote, such a shame. Add this to the list of interesting places on the internet you cannot see on your device. Of course, if you had a Toshiba tablet, you would enjoy the entire internet. Yep, flash sites too, unquote. Toshiba ad when viewed on the iPad, 22nd of January, 2011. And we'll get into that in more detail later in the episode. This week, we have promo codes for two apps. The first one we have promo codes for is the app Bibleicious. Let's play the review from the dev. Hi, Rob. I'd like to share with you my iOS game called Bibleicious. It's a Bible trivia game hosted by a snarky fella named Flipant. When starting a game, one chooses the number of questions and whether they come from the Old Testament, New Testament, or the entire Bible. A practice mode is available and up to four people can compete via Game Center. Before a match, Flipant will provide you with the game rules like this. This is how the game is played. Each question is worth a certain amount of mana. After I read you the question and the possible answers, the available mana will start to disappear. Touch the answer to ring in. The quicker you guess, the more mana you can earn or lose it if you answer incorrectly. If you don't answer at all, the original amount of mana will be deducted from your score. So you should always try to answer. Thanks, Flip. Bibleicious is $4 in the App Store, but I've provided 15 promo codes to be given away. You can also see some of the gameplay at Bibleicious.com. Thanks, Christian, for sending those promo codes in. And by the way, his name is Christian. Not that I'm saying he's a Christian, but I'm sure he is a Christian. But in any case, thanks, Christian, for sending those promo codes in. Actually, there's only 14 left now. It was my wife's anniversary yesterday, and I you know, had to get her something. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Bible in the subject line. The second app we have promo codes for is the app Abacus Cadabra. Let's play the review from the dev. Hello, Rob, and Today in iOS. My name is Mark Olson, and I developed Abacus Cadabra, the Time Explorer. I found that there was just no clock for iOS that was geeky enough to fulfill my needs, so I made Abacus Cadabra to display the time in Abacus format. It marries the Abacus, ancient counting tech, and state-of-the-art mobile tech to produce some really stunning displays. It's available in the App Store for 99 cents. Search for Abacus Cadabra. And it includes many different screens, a screen in celebration of the NPP weather satellite launch in October, some holiday screens, such as Thanksgiving and Christmas, a teaching screen, and about 16 other striking Abacus displays. It looks great in 2X compatibility mode on an iPad. A fun feature is, if you do the shake gesture, the beads will fly around on the screen. This looks pretty cool if you shake the Halloween screen and the witches and cats fly around, or if you shake the MPP satellite screen and the satellites and flying saucers fly around. Thanks, Rob, and I really love the show. Thanks, Mark, for sending those promo codes in. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Abacus Cadabra in the subject line. Please just send in one email for one app or the other, but not for both. If you send it in for both, no soup for you. And as always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com 
And please also include a 60 second or less audio review of your app indicating up front you are the dev. If you don't have a promo code to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in the 60 second or less review of your app. Again, making sure you mention up front you are the dev and we will work it in on a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. As mentioned on episode 197, there were reports of some users having battery drain issues and a proposed fix, which was to turn off the update time zone option in the location services. Apple has now admitted to the battery issue, saying the following, quote, A small number of customers have reported lower than expected battery life on iOS 5 devices. Unquote, said Apple spokesman Natalie Harrison in a statement, quote, we have found a few bugs that are affecting battery life, and we will release a software update to address those in a few weeks, unquote. For those devs out there, please note that iOS 5.0.1 Beta 2 is now available. This is supposed to fix the battery drain issue, but as reported by one unnamed dev, it did not fix the issue with the playback speed when using Siri or and or receiving a call while listening to a podcast at 2x speed. Uh, iOS 5.0.1 Beta 2 also resolves bugs with documents in the cloud, improves voice recognition for Australian users using dictation. Tash, that one's for you. Even if you do send me creepy pictures of spiders. And contains security improvements. And one more thing. iOS 5.0.1 Beta 2 brings the return for multitasking gestures for the original iPad. Be still my beating heart. I've been told I was wrong when I said I did not see Apple ever bringing that to the iPad 1. And if I did say that, clearly I was wrong. I don't remember being so definitive on that. I thought I said I don't think they will, but called out for them to make it available. Either way, Apple did add it back for the beta of iOS 5.0.1 beta 2, and it looks like it'll be there when it is available for all. So for all of those upset that gesture features, uh, multitasking gesture features, that is, were removed, it looks like you might be getting what you wanted. Hi, my name is Johanna, and I currently live in Norway, and I'll hopefully be studying abroad in England next year. And I was just wondering if you or any of your listeners had a suggestion for a good app that would make it easy for me to budget. It'd be an advantage if uh, it supports my Norwegian currency, which is the krona and pounds. And also if it had a desktop version, that'd be great. It really helped me out to make my student life a lot less stressful, so... Yeah, uh, any suggestions would be accepted. I <laughs> love the podcast. Johanna, thanks for sending in the voicemail message. And I'm going to throw this one out to listeners. If anyone knows of an app that can help Johanna with her budgeting, please let us know. Again, it has to support the Kona and the Pound. Um, but if anyone knows of a good one, please let us know. Send that in to todayinios at gmail.com or... You can call it in to 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. We mentioned previously on the show that Seaspire was set to become the fourth U.S. carrier of the iPhone, but at the time we did not know when. Well, now we know the when. It will be 11-11-11. That's right, November 11th, 2011. 
which sadly is the last binary day until January 1st, 2100. Okay, a little geeky there. Anyway, you can pre-register now. Link in the show notes to the pre-register page for Cspire. If anyone is a Cspire user, I would love to get feedback from you when you have your iPhone 4S, uh, especially on what the up and download speeds are like with Cspire. You know who in the U.S. is not getting the iPhone anytime soon? That would be U.S. Cellular. They are the sixth largest carrier in the U.S., and they turned down Apple's offer of the iPhone, stating Apple's terms were, quote, unacceptable from a risk and profitability standpoint, unquote. You know who's really happy about this news? That would be number five carrier, MetroPCS, as this decision will likely keep MetroPCS ahead of U.S. Cellular. MetroPCS, by the way, has 9 million subscribers to U.S. Cellular's 6 million. A few years ago, U.S. Cellular was ahead of MetroPCS, where in 2008, U.S. Cellular had 6.2 million subscribers to MetroPCS's 4.6 million. Hey, U.S. Cellular, maybe it's time for a little risk-reward. You guys are going in the wrong direction. Just saying. Reaching into the email bag? Hi, Rob. As you mentioned in the last episode, you wanted listeners to tell you about their Hover experience. I transferred my domain from Yahoo to Hover about two months ago. After listening to your show, I have to admit the interface is very easy to use compared to Yahoo domains. My domain is readyhost.org. Thanks, Dev. Well, Dev, thanks for supporting our sponsor. And folks, if you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations just like Dev did. As I said before, if you have not registered your name or your kid's name, you need to protect their identity even if all they ever do is forward it to their Facebook page. Or if they are, or you are, uber geeky, it can be forwarded to a Google Plus account, or maybe you want to have it forward to your LinkedIn profile. Hover makes it very easy to go beyond a single redirect. For my son, I registered henrywalsh.com, and that just forwards to my TII site for now. But for henrywalsh.com slash videos, that forwards to his YouTube page. Eventually, when he starts his own app development company, he can forward henrywalsh.com slash apps to his company page. Again, making additional redirects off your main URL is so easy and quick, literally in less than the time it takes for me to talk about Hover. I went to Hover, logged into my account, added the redirect to Henry's YouTube page, saved it, and then saw the redirect working. On top of that, there's no annoying pressure to upsell you this item or that item, or you have to check to make sure you didn't click on the wrong button that had something added to your cart that you didn't know about when you got to check out. Hover just lets you do what you want to do and they don't try to force upsell you anything. I'd love to hear why you are registering domain names. So if you registered with Hover, let me know a little about the who, what, where, and why of said registrations. And of course, remember to save 10% on your registrations. Go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time for you to like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I wanted to print for my iPad 2 and iPhone 4. Have you heard of this program called AirPrint Activator V2.1B1? For This is for Lion. It's supposed to allow you to use existing wireless printers and not have to purchase a new generation AirPrint-ready printer from Canon, Epson, or HP. It is not an Apple program. 
I have read some comments about this, and it seems it's finicky to get operational. Any reviews or comments on this or other printing apps would be appreciated. Regards, Harold Michael. Hi, Harold. I do not personally have any experience with this app because I went out and purchased one of those e-print printers. But I will do a call out to anyone in the audience that has ever used the app AirPrint Activator V2.1 B1 or any other version. What was your experience, folks? Let us know. 206-666-6364, 206-MOONDOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. Also from the email bag, hi, Rob. Here's a link to an article on Computer World to what Android users think of iPhone users. What is your opinion? Regards, Caesar T. Well, Caesar, my thoughts are this, and I'm going to try to be nice because I know I have some Android users in the audience. iPhone users that worry about what Android owners think it's pretty much akin to Mercedes-Benz owners worrying about what AMC Pacer owners think. In other words, we shouldn't, and as such, it would be hypocritical of me to even include said link. Regards, Rob W. However, I will include a link for this next article, which is about COAT, C-O-A-T, the Coalition of Organizations for Accessible Technology. They had a nice post back in October on the passing of Steve Jobs, they mentioned what I have had conveyed to me many times, many, many times from listeners of this show, and that is that Apple is committed, did, and is doing a great job making their devices accessible to those who are blind, deaf, or mobility impaired. It is one thing you hardly ever hear mentioned in the mainstream or online press, but Apple products for many open up a new world. I think this quote from Darren Burton from the American Foundation for the Blind summed up things nicely. Quote, Apple does exactly what we want all the other companies to do. Unquote. People love to bash Apple about their walled garden, closed platform approach. But Apple does what they do because they care about their end users. Not just the part of their segment of end users that some accountant has said is profitable, but all of their end users. And by focusing on accessibility and adding those features in so that they can encompass everyone, Apple has created a device that has changed many people's lives. And I've seen many, many emails come in where people are just so grateful for what Apple has been able to do with iOS devices and the, and the Mac OS features. Hi, Rob. This is Elisha Collin from Philadelphia. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I had a tip that I wanted to give um, that I was actually very happy to find. Now, if you go into your call log, you can delete individual names. All you have to do is swipe across and you can delete individual names. Um, I was really excited to see it because it's something that I wanted um, and never could. I would have to delete my entire list if I wanted to clear a few names. So I hope this helps and love the show. Hmm. Now, why do you suppose someone might want to delete out certain names from their call log? Elijah, you wouldn't by any chance happen to be a player, would you? Just saying. Into the email bag we go. Hey, Rob. Do you or your listeners know how to make the geofences that Siri and the Reminders app use bigger? Unfortunately, the locations I have seem to be too big, so it's not working well. Love the show. Alfred Edward Norris III. Hi, Alfred. 
I have not been able to find anything about adjusting the area of a geofence. How big are you trying to make it? That would be my first question. From what I've read, it usually takes a couple of blocks before it thinks you are out of a geofence. What are you seeing? And also, has anyone else been able to adjust the geofence to make it wider or tighter for that matter? As for most people, they actually seem to want to make it tighter rather than wider. Switching gears? I know there's been a lot of buzz around the Kindle Fire, and I think this bit of info sent to me from a dev sums up what the Kindle Fire can't do. This is in regards to an app that was rejected by Amazon. Quote, the app, name redacted, makes use of hardware feature not found on Kindle Fire. For your app to work on Kindle Fire, it needs to be compatible with the device's specifications. Your app must not require a gyroscope, camera, WAN module, Bluetooth, microphone, or GPS to function. If your app currently requires access to any of these hardware features, we recommend that you either remove the features that require these services or modify them to degrade gracefully when invoked. Example, with an error message such as, quote, inside a quote, this feature is not currently available on this device, unquote, unquote. So, as stated before, the Fire is a very stripped-down tablet on the feature side. Whether that reduction in feature matters much or at all to those just looking to get email and surf the web, that is something those at One Infinite Loop will be watching closely, regardless of what they might say publicly. And speaking of people looking at what folks will do with regards to the iPad versus Fire, according to a very recent survey of 1,000 people, more current and non-current tablet owners replied that they are planning to buy a Kindle Fire over an iPad in the next couple of months. Here's a breakdown. 20% of tablet owners, current tablet owners, said yes, they wanted to get an iPad, versus 27% of tablet owners that said yes, they wanted the Kindle Fire. 10% of people overall, that's both the tablet owners and non-owners, said they wanted an iPad, versus 12% of non-tablet owners that said yes, they wanted the Kindle Fire. Actually, as I read the article, there was a big graph that showed some other stats that looked really scary for the iPad. It was to the following question, quote, would you consider buying the recently announced 7-inch Android tablet made by Amazon priced at $199 instead of the 9.7-inch iPad 2 this holiday season, unquote. And the response was 44% said they wanted to get the Fire over the iPad 2. 12% said no, they would still get the iPad 2. And 44% said they did not know enough about the Amazon tablet to decide. And like I said, as I scrolled down and saw that, I was scared. Uh, scared that my fears of people only caring about price, email, and web surfing would come true. Then I saw the survey was done with the fun with numbers group we have mentioned here before, Retrievo. Actually, I did a blog post on them back in early February 2010 titled, When it comes to iPad posts, there are lies, damn lies, and then Retrievo. In that post, I mentioned Retrievo's title of a post that had the blogosphere all at Twitter, which was titled, Apple iPad Hoopla Fails to Convince Buyers. To say these guys spin things to link bait is a grave understatement. Now, it is very well 
possible and may be true that the Fire will sell out and will outsell the iPad based simply on most people not being able to afford a $500 Christmas gift, but are able to afford a $199 gift. And all many people care about is email and surfing the web and reading a book or two. But being this is coming from Retrievo, take with a grain of salt must we. One thing I think the survey question did was skew the real difference in size of the screen between the Fire and the iPad. A 9.7-inch screen has twice the real estate as a 7-inch screen. Some might think they are closer in size than they really are, but when you hold a 7-inch tablet up next to the iPad, you quickly see there's a 2-to-1 ratio in screen size. And I don't think that question conveyed that well enough. I think people that don't know a lot, don't know enough, when they hear 7 versus 9.7, they don't think it's that big an issue. But if you were to say a 9.7-inch versus a 4.8-inch uh, screen, you would think there's a much bigger difference. And that, keeping in that ratio in your mindset, it really is a 2-to-1 ratio in screen sizes. And with tablets, that can be a really big deal. And I think when people start seeing these devices side by side, I mean, that's going to make a difference. One story that seemed to get some legs this past week is the one about Apple testing Siri on the iPhone 4 for some of their employees. Okay, whether or not the story has any truth to it, and given the source jailbreaknation.com, it's kind of doubtful. But really, this whole story really is not meaningful. Apple has done a whole campaign blitz on tying the iPhone 4S and Siri together. We already know from some hackers that Siri will work on the iPhone 4. And you don't have to have the 4S to get this to work. But even if Apple did test it on some iPhone 4s, that is 4 apostrophe S, not 4Ss. Even if the iPhone 4 was set up for some Apple employees with Siri, that does not mean Apple has any plans to release Siri for any device released prior to the iPhone 4S. Market-wise, it does not make sense. Back into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, I turned on my Apple TV tonight, November 5th, to find iTunes match option in the main menu under a music tab. You have two options, about iTunes match and turn on iTunes match. Both refer you to turn it on on iTunes first, though that does not appear to be in iTunes just yet. Looking forward to this going live soon. Regards, Paul in Omaha. Thanks, Paul, for the heads up. Back in the email bag. Hi, Rob. I was very upset when our DVR, for some reason, did not record the Steve Jobs documentary, One Last Thing, on PBS. I know the PBS app has a TV schedule and downloaded it to see when the next showing would be. To my surprise, I found I could watch the entire episode on the app. I don't know how long the episode will be available for streaming. To see it now, start the app. Spotlight featured PBS presents Steve Jobs a documentary. So again, start the app, go to Spotlight, then Featured, then PBS Presents Steve Jobs Documentary. One last thing. As an FYI, the app is free and the documentary is very good. It had information in there that I had never heard before, like Sean Lennon. John Lennon's son was the first child Steve Jobs got to see play with the first Macintosh. Steve had given it to Sean for his birthday. While watching him play, Andy Walhall, also at the party, asked to use the Mac. Steve gave him some quick training, and Andy was delighted to be making circles on the Mac. 
There would be a sight to see. Steve Jobs on the floor with Sean Lennon and Andy Warhol, drawing circles on one of the first Macs. Unreal. Regards, Paul in Omaha. Looking at some more email. Hi, Rob. I'm wondering if you know of an app, App Store, or Jailbreak that will allow users to enable locking or unlocking features of your iPhone or iPad depending on your GPS location. I have four kids at, at the house. I need my locking features enabled. However, 80% of my workday is spent at work, and I don't want locking or password-protected features enabled while I'm at not at the house. If not on a GPS basis, then perhaps on a time schedule basis. That way, one could set up a schedule, for example, between 5.30 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. every day, locking features that would be enabled. Uh, all other times, the iPhone would not require a password. Seems that this would be something useful to most parents. Regards, Ian from West Virginia. Hi, Ian. First, welcome to the Big 12. Okay, I searched for an app in Cydia and did not find anything about locking down things by geolocation. Doesn't mean there's not one there, just I couldn't find one. What you want, it sounds like it would need to be a city app, by the way, so that's where you have to look. If anyone knows of an app like this, please let us know, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email us at todayinios at gmail.com. There are apps in Cydia that allow you to password protect certain apps. Maybe that is a better option, uh, locking down the important apps. I would actually recommend the app Folder Lock. Then you can place the important apps in a folder and lock that specific folder. Hey folks, did you know you could take a panoramic photo with your iPhone? Well, you did if you knew about the multiple apps in the App Store that allow you to do panoramic photos. But it looks like Apple actually built that feature into iOS 5. Just that they had not enabled it for one reason or another, or maybe it was just a screw with us, well, whatever the reason or lack thereof, a specific iOS developer discovered this hidden feature in iOS 5 and then quickly broke his terms of service agreement with Apple and released info on this. There is a jailbreak app for this supposedly, but at this time, I don't recommend jailbreaking iOS 5. So why do I even mention this? Well, one, it is cool to see um, this as a hidden feature and something that most likely will be made available uh, to all users in the future. And two... Well, let's thank Mark for the heads up on the article from 9to5Mac on how you can enable panoramic mode on your iPhone without jailbreaking it. Please don't confuse not jailbreaking with easy or for the faint of heart, but here are the basic steps. One, download a Mac or PC version of the app iBackupBot. Uh, there's a free trial available. Two, backup your iOS device in iTunes. Three, open iBackupBot, find the backup, and load it. Four, find your mobile slideshow.plist file and open the file. Five, add in some special code into the plist file and save the file. Six, restore from backup within iBackupBot. Yeah, best to read the article from 9to5Mac. And if anyone actually does this, please let me know how it worked for you. And if it bricked your phone... I just want to say, what the heck were you doing messing with your PLS files? Um, that is, if you can't handle bricking your phone. Now, go put it into DFU mode and restore. Hey, this is Mike in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I was wondering why uh, Siri cannot read emails. Uh, 
Thank you. Hi, Mike. Simple answer. I hope the simple answer, because Siri is beta. Let's hope in the future, when there's some upgrades to Siri, that is one of the first, if not the first feature or major feature that Apple adds. Hey, Rob, this is Fred from Michigan. I am completely loving Siri on my new iPhone 4S, but I am having one problem I'm wondering if you or one of your listeners could help solve. And that is when I ask Siri, how far away from home am I? She says that I've not yet set my home address and to tap my name. Well, for some reason, every time I tap my name or try to make her recognize my home address as such, it doesn't work. Have you tried it? Is it simple? Am I missing something? Any help you could provide would be appreciated. Love the show. And thanks so much for what you do. Hi, Fred. Thanks for the question. And here's what you need to do. First, go into your contact app. Find yourself in your contact app. And then edit yourself in your contact. Uh, When you go to edit, uh, select on add new address if you don't already have one in there. And when you do that, it should say home. And then put in your street, your city, your state, your zip, um, and country. So first things first, go into your contact, contact app on your iOS device, on your iPhone, and edit your contact information to make sure you have your home address in there. Next, go into the settings app. And when you're in the settings app, you want to scroll down to mail, contacts, and calendars, and then select that. And then scroll down to uh, where it says my info. And then, then under my info, it'll pull up all contacts. Then go and select yourself. And so you set yourself for my info. And now you should be set at this point for Siri to find your address. And if I messed that up, uh, anyone correct me on that one, but I'm pretty sure that should work with Siri. And I will confirm that when I get my iPhone 4S this week. I've been waiting to get it until after I get this show out. Thanks to Mark H. for a heads up on this next one, which is an article in TechCrunch about a case. Not just any case. This case adds a SIM card slot. The case device is called the Vuma Peel PG92. Okay, not the best name. It does require a jailbroken phone, and then it adds dual SIM capabilities to the iPhone 4 4S. Not that we recommend jailbreaking the 4S yet. The case, or really device, is a combination backup battery, cell phone, and case. So if you are someone that needs, wants, or is buy SIM card curious, this is the case for you, I think. Don't have pricing, but did put my email address in for more info, and when I get more info, I will pass that on to you guys. For more on this, look for the link, New Case Device Adds Dual Sims to iPhone 4 in the show notes at todayinios.com for episode 198. One other cool note for this, for all those looking for a removable battery for the iPhone, and there's some of you that are holding out hope, this offers a removable battery in the case. So now you can carry around extra batteries to your heart's content and swap them out on your battery pack. Just saying. The old hidden field test app was blogged about again, this time from Cultimac. Longer term listeners may remember that this was 
talked about here on the show back in September of 2010. And at the time was a big thing when AntennaGate and all were still going on. To access the hidden field test function, dial star 3001 pound 12345 pound star in the phone and then hit call. Don't forget that last star. Good also to see that this made the migration to iOS 5 from iOS 4 because this feature was in iOS 4. Thanks to Ravi for bringing the Cult of Mac article to my attention and to all the others that sent in links on this as well. This is one of those things that is more about knowing it to impress the ladies than anything else. And by impress, I of course mean show that you are the office geek or your bar's Cliff Clavin. Just saying. In news from Adobe that can only be viewed as vindicating Steve Jobs, not that he really needs vindication. Uh, his market cap for Apple kind of does that. But anyway, Adobe has said they are no longer going to develop Flash for mobile operating systems. Or put another way, Adobe is killing Flash for mobile. So back when everyone and their brother was giving Apple grief for not supporting Flash, and in some cases using that as a major selling point against the iPad and the iPhone, it is now time for all those that did not agree with Steve Jobs to admit he was right. Flash is, as Apple and Jobs said, not right for mobile, and now Adobe is backing them up on that. Okay, I really, really did not want to talk about or even mention Consumer Reports anymore on the show, and I guess no one's holding a gun to my head or anything, but based on the number of emails about their recent comments, there being Consumer Reports, I probably should comment on their comments. As you know, in the past, Consumer Reports gave the iPhone 4 the highest rating at that time uh, of all the smartphones, but could not, this is when it was released, but could not endorse it because of AntennaGate. Now with the iPhone 4S, they are endorsing the 4S, but not giving it the highest rating. To simply sum this up, Doug and Cincy sent in a great quote from the Mac Observer, and they said, quote, for now, it looks like Apple will have to make do with a lukewarm review from Consumer Reports and customer demand that is so high the company can't hardly keep up, unquote. And I don't think it could be said any better than that. Hey, Rob, this is uh, Raul from San Antonio. Um, in episode 197, you asked a question um, about folks who had experienced the time zone issue with uh, with iPhone 4S, um, I wanted to let you know that I did experience that issue uh, that was draining the battery uh, on the phone. However, it was not with iPhone 4S, it was with the iPhone 4. As soon as I updated to iOS 5 on my iPhone 4, I noticed that it was draining significantly, but uh, after reading a few articles, apparently the same ones that you were reading, um, that changed as soon as I turned off the time zone location feature in the settings. Um, so just wanted to let you know, Take care. Hope so. Bye. Hi, Rob. This is Ian from West Virginia. Just wanted to share with you my concerns about the battery life of the iPhone 4S. I got mine about four days ago and have noticed about a 10% reduction in battery life every 30 minutes. When I called Apple, the only recommendation that they had was to uh, disable 3G. Unfortunately, uh, that is not a choice any longer. Uh, you can only disable all cellular data, so my option was to turn it back into just a phone uh, by having to turn all the data off, unless I was in a wireless area. 
I'm looking forward to the updates that should be available in the next few weeks, but um, just wanted to let you know my experience and Apple's recommendation there. That was really all they had to say and, and recommend along those lines. Thanks so much. Uh, enjoy all that you do. Can't wait for the next episode. Ian, I would suggest that you do what we mentioned in the last show, which was go into location services and then turn off the option for updating the time zone. So turn that off. As a matter of fact, if you're not using location services, turn off location services altogether. But uh, if you are, at a minimum, turn off the uh, location services where it updates, where it says update for time zone and see if that works for you. Doesn't sound like you talk to an Apple genius, though, that's for sure. Maybe an Apple small bus employee. Hey, Rob, Dave in San Jose. I was just listening to your uh, 197 podcast and heard the tip about the starred option in Gmail and just wanted to clarify something that that's not the same as flagged email. Uh, that is a feature that's specifically re uh, supported by Gmail and not by any other mail accounts you might have. So I believe what the other listener was asking about was the ability to flag emails in mail app under Mac OS. And you can do that for any account you have coming into your mail app in Mac OS. And it is not supported on iOS mail app. Um, that's only supported by Gmail's starred capability, but all other email accounts do not have the ability to show flagged email at this point. So it's unfortunate, but true. Just wanted to clarify that. Take care. Bye. Hey, Rob, it's Chris Brody again from Fulton, Missouri. I just wanted to let people know about an app that's on the jailbreak side that does one of the most, well, one of the most things that I think the iPhone 4S best abilities is the uh, AirPlay with all apps. Well, there's a jailbreak app called Display Out that is $2.99 on the Sidious market that lets you uh, mirror your iOS applications to an HDTV. That application, again, is Display Out, and it's on Cydia for $2.99. Thanks, Rob, and love the podcast, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob. Uh, Richard here, and I'm a big fan. As you know, I've been emailing you, emailing you for a while, uh, but I just want to ask you something. Um, I own a PC computer, and I have iCloud set up on my iPhone 4, is there, like, some sort of service to get my photos from my iPhone 4 over to my Windows XP? Thanks, I know. Once again, I love the show. Hi, Richard. I found an article on this, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes, and it's titled iCloud Control Panel on Windows XP. Look for that. Show notes, episode 198 over today at iOS.com. I don't have a Windows machine to test this, so I don't know how well it works, but it uh, seems to be working. A couple people feedback that this works. So if anyone else has a solution on using Windows XP, please send links to that, and we'll mention those on, on the show. But Richard, check out the link in episode 198, and please give me some feedback if that worked for you. Reaching back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I found an app that I thought you might be interested in. It's called SoftSign. SoftSign looks like an app that might come in handy, and it's, for a short time only, free. Regards, John M. And SoftSign is one word, soft sign. And this app was still free as of late on the 9th of November. The app, by the way, is an app to allow for digital signatures on documents. Look for a link to it in the show notes for episode 198 over today on iOS.com. Hey, Rob. Levi from Psy, California. I uh, just want to call in with the tip 
I realized with iOS 5, I don't know if it was available in previous versions, but I just noticed it on 5, that in the camera app, if you swipe from the left side to the right, whether it's vertical or horizontal, that it will bring up the photos that you just shot. Uh, I was just trying to do the zoom and ended up doing that. It was really interesting. That's really cool. It's really fast. It's There's not the typical lag like you're bringing up your whole uh, camera roll, but you're able to just swipe from left to right and get a quick peek at what you just shot. So I just thought that was really awesome. So I'll call in with any other tips that I find out. Take it easy. Bye. Oh, also, sorry. Uh, with calendars, if you're when you're in the month view, if you rotate your phone to horizontal, you get a uh, a weekly view. It's a, you get a different view of your uh, calendar app. I've never seen this before with iOS, and thought that was pretty neat. So. I'll keep calling with any other little uh, new tweaks that I see. Have a good one. Bye. Levi, thanks for calling in with those tips. And yes, both of those are new items in iOS 5. Back at the email bag one last time. Hey, Rob, what are you going to be doing for the 200th episode? Are you doing greatest hits, uh, favorite complaint sessions, maybe a history of explanations of some of your comments like no soup for you or something else like that? Regards, Tash. Well, Tash, I can explain the no soup for you. For those that don't know, that comes from the Soup Nazi episodes in Jerry Seinfeld from back in the mid-late 90s. So a famous episode and, and segment on Seinfeld. As for what I was planning to do for the 200th episode, part of me was just thinking that maybe what I'll do for that episode is make it an all-listener feedback, considering how far behind I am in getting to listener feedback. Uh, I kind of need one of those episodes, and uh, I think you know one of the things about this show I try to do is make it uh, a lot about you guys and the feedback you send in. So maybe for the 200th episode, it's just an all-feedback episode. Uh, let me know your thoughts on that, um, or if anyone has any other great ideas for the 200th episode, or maybe just a normal episode. I do want to mention, for those of you that are interested in the Steve Jobs biography by Isaacson, if you haven't read it or listened to it yet, Going to Audible is a great place to get it. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, you're going to get a free audio book and it can be the Steve Jobs book by Isaacson. Uh, all the feedback I've heard on that, it is a great book. I was kind of hoping I was going to get it for my anniversary gift this week. Hmm. Maybe I'll get it for my birthday gift at the end of the year or at the end of the month. But in any case, uh, if you haven't read it, haven't listened to it, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash today and iPhone, get your free audiobook if you're in the US and Canada and make it the Steve Jobs biography. And then one more thing about sponsor for today's show, which was Hover. If you haven't registered domain name, you need to register domain name, or you already have a bunch of domain names and you want to transfer them over to some place that's easy to manage, Go to TII.hover.com. That's TII.hover.com. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring this show. And don't forget to update your TII app. So if you have the TII app and you haven't updated the latest version, make sure you do that now. And finally, don't forget, if you have any questions, comments, tips, tricks, feedback of any sort you want to give us on the show, share with the audience, 
give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record it on your iOS device and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And that's going to do it for today's show. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.